Hi everyone, welcome to Up North Bonsai. Dave Weiss here. I love talking bonsai. This podcast is that chance for me to talk with bonsai enthusiasts from all around the Upper Midwest. We have a shorter growing season in the Upper Midwest, and as we all know, our climate is always changing. I believe there's a lot we can learn from each other about how we create beautiful bonsai in North Country. My goal is to help others enhance their bonsai journey in their microclimate. For me, bonsai is all about the journey. I'm a firm believer in lifelong learning and hope this podcast sheds a little bit of bonsai light to those just getting started with the hobby. Really, it's just a chance for me to talk bonsai with someone who will listen and talk with me. This podcast covers bonsai enthusiasts in the upper Midwest from people living in zones 3, 4, and 5, including my home state of Minnesota, the Dakotas, Wisconsin, Michigan, Illinois, and Iowa. I've also ventured up and over into Canada a few times. Join me now as we head up north and talk bonsai. On today's show, we head east to the great state of Michigan, where bonsai has some amazing practitioners. Today, we meet the one and only Jack Weichel. Jack's the longest active member of the Ann Arbor Bonsai Society and former curator at the Hidden Lakes Gardens in Tipton, Michigan. Before I could even start getting to ask him questions, Jack asked me about a beginner book that I'd recommend for those new to bonsai. Jack had just turned 90 a few days before my visit and I was stunned he still brought a paper and pencil to take notes about what I might say. And then Modest Jack got us started by sharing some of his articles with me and his thoughts on how those new to bonsai should get started. So this, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is good or not because I wrote it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think it's going to be great then. <laughs> they, they, uh, and you know what you're trying to say. You know, mm -hmm. the, know the words and, and the ideas. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're really the worst judge of anything that you did. Well, especially of your own, yeah. Yeah, of, of your own. And, yeah. and so this suffers from that. But this was my effort to uh, do a, a basic a thing. A basic it's intro book. Yeah, well, not a not a Less short of a book, you know. <laughs> pamphlet. Uh, a pamphlet. There you go. Uh, a handout. There you go. A, a handout. Hand, you know that you could use. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and and this is sort of in approaching this, my thing. Okay, you know, here's the guy, and it's not all that uncommon. You know, I'm really interested in this bonsai thing, and uh, uh, I've got uh, 15 minutes. Tell me, tell me everything that I need to know to do this. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of hard to do, read, Jack. Read, read, read this. Read this. You know what I love? I read an article uh, uh, that you were a part of, wrote, maybe you were part of the whole thing, and I, it's in my phone somewhere, but here's the gist of what this article started with. And you talked about um, certain care for trees and water and misting and this and that, and then you said like afterwards that you didn't follow any of that. Yeah, and, and that was specifically, that the text that you're talking about was yeah. specifically related to growing things in, indoors. indoors under artificial light. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and all, all of those instructions yeah. are out there. Yeah. And I haven't, didn't... You didn't do any of them. didn't find I needed to... I tried them. Yeah. Right, you experimented, but, but found... But, 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 I, but that you didn't need to do that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, so one of... You know, if I had any message to people getting started in the bonsai world, yeah. what, just be aware that a lot of what we know about bonsai isn't true. <laughs> Yeah. And, and when what the visiting artist and the, and the books, yeah. uh, you know, uh, tell you and what the trees are telling you seem to disagree, listen to the trees. Listen to the tree. The tree will tell you. You know, they'll, you know and you, yeah. you, you learn a lot just by growing something. Sure. You know, there's sure. a certain personality that, uh, okay, they want to master it by reading before they try it. Mm-hmm. You know? mm -hmm. And then there's another personality at the other end of the scale they, they'll do it, and if it doesn't work, well, maybe I need to know something more. You know? Yeah, that's right. Then, 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 right. The, then they might read something. Yeah. Yeah, trial and error, maybe I should read about it, or read about it, and then I'll trial and error. Yeah, yeah. yeah, of course, my point for a long time is anybody getting started, do some reading, yeah. and, and, but get some plants and experiment, Sure. and you're going to make progress faster than if you... Yeah. Then you do either one alone. Yeah. So in our workshops with the Minnesota Bonsai mm -hmm. Society, a lot of the young people who come in will say, well, should I get more trees? Because they get one tree from us. We kind of make a bonsai on the quick, right? Which right, we know right, is right. not the way you're supposed to do it. 
But what would you tell people, that one tree and learn about it, or should they get three or four trees? I'll tell you what I tell them is, get as many as you're comfortable with right away. You have more to learn from, more to experiment. You can be more experimental. Sure, sure. You know, and if one dies, it's not 100% lost. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's right. you, you, know. you have 10 trees, you yeah. only lost 10%. Right, right, right. You yeah. can do the math there. But, You're right. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, half a dozen, dozen or so, maybe a couple dozen. Yeah. Uh, things that you don't have too much invested in mm-hmm. uh, monetarily and emotionally. Sure. So you're experimenting. Yeah. Just yeah. see what you can do. Mm-hmm. And, okay, this may not work, uh, but I... Just see what happens. Yeah, you know? yeah. And that kind of attention. So you sure. take you a long way. In all your years that you've been doing this, is there something that stands out as like the biggest mistake people make? You know, water, water and soil mixes are big issues. That, those are still the two big ones. Yeah. and Hands and, down. Yeah. I, and and un, unfortunately, there's not one answer, you know, yeah. to any, any of that. But uh, there's some answers that are a lot better than others. <laughs> for sure. What else you got there for me? Well, so that, that was my effort. Okay. And then my good, this, this guy is working probably at the highest level of involvement and accomplishment here in this part of the... In this region? In this region. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sir, Sir Groom, I, 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 he wanted to do this, but he didn't want that one. He wanted to do his. <laughs> and, and so uh, uh, I, I helped him as editor of this. Of this, yeah. But uh, th- th- this, I, this to me, for what we're talking about, comes the closest. Yeah. You say, well, what, what do I th- offer? What would I think? Yeah. Until I see a better one, I think. This, this is, is it right this here. This is it. There you go. I appreciate that so much. I, I, I'm, I do believe in, in lifelong learning, and so I, do, I just don't think there's, there's no cutoff phase ever. And yeah, yeah, the tree's yeah. never done until, of course, it's in the tree graveyard. But you know, we, we learn from them, and I'm going to learn from you, and I'm going to learn from this. There's a, there was a kid who was eight years old in a workshop, and I picked something up from what he saw. Yeah, yeah, no, sure. That sure. was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to carry on here for a couple steps farther. You go for it. You've got the knowledge and the history, and I just want to learn it all. You know, if I'm thinking about this, okay, this guy's going to come to talk with me. And, and I, I, I looked at some of your early videos yeah. and uh, uh, get an idea what you're doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what is it, you know, asking myself, yeah. that I would say yeah. that somebody, most people haven't heard many times. Okay. You know, and, yeah. uh, and then I, I remembered that I had, you know, I've written a lot of articles. At, at one point, after, you know, writing quite a bit of stuff, I was kind of like, well, what, what is it that's, I've been trying to say mm-hmm. that's, um, I see it's kind of uh, underpublicized uh, insight. Sure. Not talked about enough. Uh, not talked about enough in my mind. Yeah. And, uh, so, okay, start making a list. And, uh, <laughs> and, and this was the article this that grew what, out of that. That's what came from that. So these are, and you might want to take a quick glance through that. Absolutely. Sometime. Yeah. Well, we just covered a couple of those things right now. Yeah, Don't limit yourself to one tree. Yeah. Read and experiment. I love this one. Bonsai celebrates the beauty of life and the beauty of trees. Tell me, what does that sentence mean, Jack? It goes beyond that. It celebrates the beauty of interaction between people and nature, between people and trees. Absolutely. And, and that's what this is the, all, the all bones about. Like, the bones like community. Interaction. Absolutely. And like I use you know, the this, word this, this level, you know, my, my whatever I do with this tree yeah. when your back's turned, you know, day to day attention, the whole cycle of all that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's beautiful. Be patient, but not too patient. You know, there, there's balance in there. Yeah, you know exactly. This is a huge issue for a lot of people. There, there, there's the ones that roar in, you know, and tear it all apart, and then okay, what are they going to do with the pieces? You know, and then there's the others that. The ones that want to master it before they do it, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what to do yet. Yeah. You know. We you see know, that I, at the I, workshops I, I, all the time. All, all the time. It's because yeah. you know it's genetic. It's human nature. Yeah. But I'm defining true bonsai differently. I want to hear that. Yeah. You know, um, I remember spending uh, 
with you know really positive memories of yeah. spending some time with a guy named Stanley Chen who had been raised by uncles in uh, China okay. who were professional bonsai growers. Okay. He was teaching you know bonsai in the or Panjing if you will in, yeah. the, in the Chinese community. Yeah. I went to him with uh, some questions and uh -huh. and he didn't want to listen to my questions. He went, if you're going to teach bonsai, you have to know the basics first. Yeah. And, and so it's kind of like me taking over your presentation here. Sure, sure. And but one of the basics for him is that to be called a bonsai, it had to meet certain set of standards. Yeah. You know that that there had a certain relationship between the trunk size and the pot and the pot depth and the tree height. And right. And all that. And yeah. That it spelled out very. Yeah. You can't call that a bonsai. You know that. That's his, uh, that was kind of his attitude. Sure, sure. Now, personally, I'm at the other end of the scale. Sure. You know, if somebody bought something from the cheese catalog or, mm -hmm. or aunt gave it to them, yeah. and it's a tree, mm -hmm. it's a, a, a representation, yep. a living representation of a tree yeah. in a container. In a container. And it's, you're finding it rewarding for right. anyone to, to yeah. You, know, you you to work with it and, and uh, some people, other people to see it. Yeah, that, 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 that's bonsai. That's bonsai. That's a bonsai. It's a yeah. portable tree, you know. Sure. And, and it's an artistic statement. Here. Yeah. Our effort. It's is, an expression. It's it, it, often it, very subjective. Yeah, it, but yeah, but it but it's yeah. artist. Yeah. In my sense is. Yeah. Uh, whatever, if it floats your boat, you know. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. And, that's right. And, and and if you and others see it as something. Strange in a pot probably is, you know. Right. A lot of the club members and I talk about Porchlicaria afris, the tropical succulent. Yeah. I'm That's not a bonsai, people say. Well, you know, they make, they, you know, they can make very compelling trees. Very You know, Stanley Chin wouldn't have accepted it in any... Right, but right, right. In my, my mind, you yeah. know, if it's making a statement that's positive for yeah. other people and, and it's representation of a tree. Right. And alive. Yes. You know. Yeah. And, uh, in that pot, and, and and if it's not alive anymore, I've I've sold some, some ones that weren't alive anymore. Yeah. Because people like it. Would, would you sell me that? It's a piece of yeah. art. Yeah. And, and, and so we, I'm calling that non-living bonsai art. After hearing about how Jack defines bonsai, we shifted a bit and talked about the auction of all of his trees, pots, books, and other bonsai-related items. The Michigan bonsai scene put together this amazing online and live auction and raised over $40,000 to keep his legacy going a long, long time. Here's his take on these legacy funds. Then we jump into the apple tree he chose to have on set with us while we talked. So you reached a lot of people. A lot of people have your stuff now. You raised a lot of money for the legacy. What do you, Jack? What do you hope happens next? Like, what's next for this legacy? The way this is set up, that this will go on forever. Yeah. You know, unless support the whole world blows support up. for bonsai yeah, yeah, for eternity at, at, at Hidden Lake Gardens. Right here. And if uh, if Hidden Lake Gardens some way decides that okay, uh, you know, we we've got other priorities. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we don't need to be doing this. Uh, they're doing that in other places. Uh, then the money goes to other bonsai causes. Okay. You know? okay. So, so in order to keep that coming, yeah, you you, you follow my yeah, <laughs> line, absolutely line of thinking for sure. And so that's my I'm not naive enough to think that oh, when I leave, you know, we got a good start here. Things are going to go on like they have. They won't. Mm -hmm. We're different people. Right. And yeah. I've realized for some time that. I, all of us can accomplish far more helping other people mm -hmm. um, follow their vision sure. than, than trying to impose our own. Sure. You know? Yeah. And so it's going to be different, but it'll be a lot more than if they didn't have any funding. Right. <laughs> the funding does help. The, the, yeah. the, the funding makes the, makes something possible. Absolutely. And so my main thing is my hope. I'm trying to basically. Uh, I've been trying to retire myself from being responsible for this collection, and it hasn't worked very well. Uh, I'm led to believe this is what I'm lobbying for, that they'll hire somebody at, who is at least part-time, you know, responsible here. Sure. And I'll just be here as a volunteer. Well, let's take a pause and what do we have here? Why did we pull out this tree today? Tell, well, tell me what you think about this apple. Uh, 
Yeah, I have a long history with this. I like it a lot. You know, mm -hmm. one, one of the favorites, uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, here in the uh, collection. Uh, yeah. In the early 19 mid, not, I should say early mid 1960s. Yeah. Uh, I was getting involved in bonsai, reading everything I could get my hands on, and mm -hmm. grabbing everything that I could that didn't cost much, you know. To, right. And doing some collecting, and. In, the edge of a woodlot where I had permission to collect down in uh, the Cleveland Akron area. I was uh, down there because the headquarters for the Davy Tree Expert Company is down there. Okay. And I was um, the horticulture, the, the educated horticulturist in the, the Davy's Technical Service Department. Okay. All right. And um, so we were there. I was working for Davy, but I was looking for stuff, and this was I found this in the edge of a woodlot. Yeah. Clearly where you know nobody would have planted it there. Yeah. And there weren't any other apple trees within sight. Huh. And it was maybe waist high, a little taller than that. Yeah. What in the hell? That's an apple tree. <laughs> you know? And and it had this interesting move near the base. Real low down, I, yeah. I, I could see that. Well and that hasn't changed of course. Yeah. Never gonna be any higher. <laughs> no I <laughs> no. Might get a little more girth, but not much higher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so, so uh, I, I collected it and I had it uh, in an odd container for a year or two and then eventually in a, in yeah. a bonsai pot. And a pretty interesting tree in one spring after I'd had it about 12 years, I'm going to say, plus okay. or minus. Yeah. It was flowering pretty nicely. And it hadn't, you know, at first there were, there were very few flowers. Very and few. Then, and then they kept, kept getting more and more. Yeah. And so it was, oh, this this is kind of pretty. You take it up to the Bonsai Society meeting. The yeah. Ann Arbor Bonsai Society is the one I've had the longest association, association with, yeah. and uh, actually the longest active member yeah. at this point. Yeah. Went up to the Bonsai Society meeting with this, and the form was rather different, kind of um, like a, most of the branching was kind of like a candelabra, if you will. Oh, sure. Really sure. Was sort of uh, kind of awkward. And my bonsai friends, Jack, the flowers are nice, but the tree's ugly. <laughs> really. Flowers are pretty. And, and I, well, you know, I've been hoping, you know, waiting for growth back inside that I could train into some, but it doesn't grow. It just goes out on the on the branch ends. Okay. Yeah. Just goes out on the branch ends, and uh, so I I don't know. What to do? You know, I agree, but and and they didn't hesitate a minute. They knew what to do. They said, Jack, you've got to cut off all the branches. Cut off all the branches. You chopped it all. I, what? You know, and then well, you know, I I knew they were right, of course. So uh, Betty Blake used to ride up to bonsai society meetings from not too far from here. Betty said, uh, Jack, uh, do you think you could air layer that apple? No. I, hey. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to cut off all the little branches anyway. Well, sure. Might as well try. So, so, so I, I put air layers on the three major yeah. branches. Uh -huh. And so one of those was going up right there. Yeah. Another one going up right there. Yeah. And there was one coming off right there. Huh, right there, yeah. Right, there it is. Right, yeah. Right. Can't even and, see and, that. You can barely not, see not, that. Not, not, so that's been just some years ago. Yeah. But, but at any rate, you know, to my amazement, in my memory, it, it didn't seem like more than a week or two, there on the trunk, where Wait. there had never been an active bud in my 12 years or so association with, the tree. with, with this, Popped all a of a sudden, here's a bud, and it's swelling rapidly, and it's starting to grow. That's amazing. Right, right at the base of the, of of the, the air layer. Of the air layer. Yeah. So I had cut off all the inhibiting hormones. Uh, and all of the carbohydrate yeah. flowing back just beneath the bark stopped right there. Right you there. Know, so it changed its whole attitude, you know, <laughs> towards survival. That's right. I got to survive. And, and, and uh, to my amazement, exactly the same thing happened below the uh, this air layer, and yeah. that was and that, that, that shoot. branch. And, and this right here yeah. was just that? below that, and, and so the entire top of this yeah. was, was regrown. From completely regrown. See, see this section that's maybe four inches long? There? Yep. That, that's all that was left after I took off all the air layers. Really? 
And then, of course, I had new these new shoots that yeah. started out, and yeah. I let them grow pretty much uninterrupted, you know, for the year. Okay. Get yeah. as thick as possible. And, right. And then cut them back to, well, you can, most cases you can see about where they got cut back to. Sure, you know, sure. Uh, yeah. And so on. Yeah. changes. Very nice. And, and so it's been recreated. Do you let apples grow every year, or does that take too much energy from the tree that you only let it no, go I'm once in a while? Typically, I've done it every year. Okay. However, we one of our few years ago, one of our uh, bonsai volunteers here was, you know, he's an older guy. He's helped us, helped us forever, and used the stage where, you know, he couldn't really get focused much on anything. But he'd get his pruner out and he'd, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. he'd see something that he thought needed to be snipped, and he'd, he'd snip it. You know? Yeah. And so it was kind of a an issue, but you know, like, okay, then you know, if you're gonna do something, you know, talk to me, and well, that you know, it didn't make any difference. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, uh, I had uh, had had just super flowering. Yeah. Know? Okay, we're really gonna have a huge apple crop. Yeah. yeah. And then saw all of these spent flowers there, and he wanted to make it nicer, and he clipped them all. He clipped off. them all off. So that was one case. One of the interesting challenges with this, and people, well, people say, what kind of apple is that? Well, it was growing out in the field, you know. It's yeah, not, it's, it's, it's a Michigan it's, apple. It's a hybrid. Yeah. Ohio apple, because I oh. did it, you know. Oh, from where you dug it up. Yeah, yeah where yeah. I dug it up. Um, but the fruit matures really quite early, late August. Oh, early, early picker, yeah. Predictably, yeah. and fairly large, and uh, doesn't particularly show here, but often with a, a strong orange blush okay. and soft fruit. Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with the yellow transparent apple over here? That any, I, any I've probably what, seen what, one. What, what I, and maybe you haven't either, too. Yeah. So, so anyway, it's old-fashioned thing. Okay. Oh, like okay. Pe people had one, you know, the farmers. Oh, okay, okay. And, and when it was ripe, but, yeah. you know, that was their first apple pie or whatever. Oh, okay. The okay. kind of soft apples. And sure, Huge, sure. big apples. Big apple. So I think that part of the parentage of this is yellow transparent. Is yellow transparent. I'm experimenting with a Marquette grape. Uh, I'm not familiar with it. The University of Minnesota over the course of the last 50, uh, 60 years have has been made breeding grapes, huh? beating grapes to be cold hardy Minnesota grapes that'll grow in our short growing season. And one of them is the Marquette grape. And it's been on the market for several, several years. And uh, I had put a plant in my yard about five years ago or so. And the Japanese beetles decimate oh, they the, the grapes, yeah. The, yeah. the grape vines in the, in the leaves. So I but ended up survive. taking it out of the ground this spring and I put it into a bonsai pot. And I have a trunk that's about this thick, okay. this yeah. tall off the ground, and I had two weird branches growing off, and it's like, let's see what happens. Yeah. And yeah. I got a, a branch that's growing right off of the top, like it's going to be a new tree now, and sure. it's already thickened up, it, yeah. it grew, yeah. and so I, I, I've just made one summer prune, and there's other two branches growing off to the side, and it just, grapevines always to me look like they're gonna die every year. They look like they're like done, and then they shoot up a bud yeah. in the uh, strangest yeah, places. It, it's it's, not, and it's not just grapes. That <laughs> well, like not only grapes, but, yeah, but, yeah. but I've noticed that with that particular. Mm -hmm. So it's a Marquette grape, so, and so I don't know if I'll see grapes in four or five years. So but. what's the fruit like? Um, it's a dark red grape, very dark red grape. Is so it dark enough that you don't discern it as red when you're... You, you, it's, it's, it's so dark. I mean, it's green when it starts, of course. Yeah, but, yeah, it's, but, but, but I mean, when it, when it ripens. Yeah. I'm just thinking yeah. of what kind of a show or presentation it yeah, would be. Yeah, it would be a very vibrant purple color. Just very purple um, on the. Of course, the leaves are big on a grapevine, but but um, I, I'm a person who just will take anything and, like you said earlier, just a lot of things and experiment. And I'm just learning how things grow. You know, at, at at a point we lost it after many years for reasons unknown. But I had mm -hmm. a Virginia creeper. Okay. In the pot. Okay. A vine. Sure, a vine. With a, Interesting moves. And yeah. Shaggy yeah. bark and yeah, and, oh, the barks, and, yeah, and, and oversized leaves, yeah. but just super fall color, of course. That's yeah, some some Virginia, of the stuff Virginia creeper does. Most people who know about Jack Weichel know about the many trees that he grew indoors with grow lights that the rest of us put in cold frames and kept outside the rest of the year. Junipers, Cotoneasters, Pyrocantha, to name a few. He started with outdoor trees, but he now shares how the indoor journey began. By Jack's estimations, 
He has had some of his indoor trees indoors for almost 40 years. Truly amazing. You know, I, my first thing was outdoor trees. Okay. You know, in fact, uh, you may not have time to really explore that, but and this kind of overgrown with Canada thistles as a result of the COVID, but just up this hillside. Okay. Not a, not a walk out there anyway. Yeah. Um, is uh, national, international quality dwarf and rare conifer collection. Okay. The man that donated this collection in 1981 to Hidden Lake Gardens here, somebody I knew, his name was Justin Harper. So he was <laughs> ground superintendent or ground supervisor for the headquarters, mm -hmm. uh, international headquarters of the John Deere Company in okay. Moline, Illinois. Okay. Okay. So that was, and he, when his vacation, oh, he'd stop here and we'd look at things and okay. talk about plants. And sure. Actually, he donated uh, yeah. uh, th this collection. So at one point on a trip out west, mm -hmm. you know, coming back, okay, I'd never been to his house in Moline, you know, mm -hmm. to stop in Moline and see Chubb, and mm -hmm. of course things went down in his basement, and here he had these shop lights sitting there, and he's starting things like marigolds and cabbages and these tomato plants. Yeah. And I go, oh, Chubb, you got some grow lights, and he's, no, no, you dummy, you don't need grow lights. I've got a bulletin from the USDA says you don't need grow lights. <laughs> <laughs> so I got the bulletin. You got the bulletin. Just and, and, but no that, but, but, but that, I, I had not done anything or even thought about it because, I, you know, okay, you got to have grow lights if you're going to grow something indoors. Yeah, that would be people's and, assumption, I would assume. Yeah, uh, well, it was very general. At least that was all I knew. Yeah, yeah. At, at that point, okay, you don't need grow lights. So I had this shop light, you know, four foot. Four foot over, fluorescent light. Yeah, hanging over my, my workbench next to the furnace. And, yeah. What the heck, you know, I just let it down there pretty close to the, to the work, workbench and, and brought in a couple of uh, rooted small pyracantha things okay. that I had that, yeah. you know, were, and just, okay, let's just see what happens. And, and that's how it got started. Is that the one that Tim has, one of the pyracanthas I just saw uh, this morning? Uh, no. did, did he get a little tiny pyracantha yeah, from you? That was a different strain. Different, oh, di oh, okay. Di you know the word cultivar? Yeah. Okay, different cultivar. Different cultivar. Okay, yeah. yeah. Very tiny leaves on that one. Yeah, no, that's uh, Teton. Okay, a Teton? Uh, yeah, so that was hybridization work that was done at okay. the National Arboretum. Oh. By, by not by bonsai people, by the plant but, breeders. Sure, sure. And so they do work like that, yeah. experiment, and, yeah. and things that have the quality, you know, get yeah. it get it patented, patented and, yeah. you know, a lot of this goes on in the plant world. Well, yeah. That's something really different. Uh, yeah. I give it a name, and uh, I bet I can sell a bunch of Made people. by some <laughs> scientists, yeah, and yeah. now they're being sold, that's right. You were asking about me getting into growing stuff indoors. Yeah. And so is this thing, okay, uh, you don't have to have grow lights, yeah. you know, and click, 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 you know, it's like, I've got all these cute little pots. They're too small to I keep anything in them alive outdoors. But I, you know, I bought them because I couldn't. And indoors, you wouldn't have the freezes and the wind, the yeah. temperature fluctuations. You're not having the much, much more controlled environment. Yeah, this would be good use for those little pots. Yeah, and then I can, uh, and I can play bonsai year round. You know, before I was, uh, you know, spending all my winter, you know, reading stuff and dreaming about Getting ready for the next time yeah, you could work on your tree. Yeah, yeah, my trees. Trees. Yeah. <laughs> Plural. No, no, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and so, okay, I can, I can grow, I can, intentional pun, I can grow, I can make progress yeah. as a bonsai artist year-round. Year-round, yeah. And so that's what got me rolling in that. Yeah, yeah. And it worked pretty well. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Embarrassingly easy. <laughs> You know, because that's good it, to know. It, it's very uncontrolled. You know? Yeah, it's a very so, uncontrolled controlled environment. So where does the whole word or the whole concept, especially with like what 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 piqued my interest when I first heard about this article or this concept, and through you and like who's this Jack guy? Was junipers and what's this what's this lack of dormancy? Why don't the trees have to go dormant, Jack? I thought they had to go dormant. Do they not have to? You just answered it. Didn't you? <laughs> okay, now, next. Now, now, now listen. Yeah. You know, I have people come to my house, yeah. some from Florida yeah. know, and other places, right. and, you know, over the years here, and they go, well, that really is a juniper. <laughs> um, and then they, let's go in here, and he's had that 30 years growing indoors, indoors. with no outdoor vacation. 
and there's something about human nature, you know. They're walking out. I don't know what's going on, but you can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> that goes against all logic. Yeah, yeah. And there's a strong parallel between this and the turfus is a bonsai soil mixed ingredient with uh, Michael Hagedorn. We're yeah, digging yeah. into the soil concept well, here. Well, not, not, we're not going to get very far okay. today, but, <laughs> but Michael has this thing, don't use turfus. You know, Michael strongly feels that way. It, it, Mike, Michael strongly feels yeah, that don't. way, and early in his uh, strident <laughs> admonitions there, a yeah. uh, guy that knew me you know, and my trees is, well, Jack Michael uses turfus. Sure. And, and uh, he thinks it's okay. And, and Michael's what? response in writing in his blog is, is, Jack Weichel can grow roots on a broomstick. <laughs> but that basically, <laughs> he, he was saying, you can't do this because you're not Jack Weichel. You're not Jack Weichel. And that doesn't follow for me, you know. I've been in, accused of uh, um, sorcery and incantation. But it's not, it's basic horticulture. It's not a secret, it's not a touch. I'm not doing anything mm -hmm. that I haven't spelled out in the articles I've written. Right, right. And, uh, well, and, and, and uh, one juniper that uh, somebody else now owns since last, you know. Since, was, since a week and a half ago. Since, since a week and a half ago. Uh, what was it, we were... I think we're 52 years uh, indoors. 52 years. Without, you know, check, check the number. It, yeah. It's up there. Yeah. It, it was, well, you know, I first, it was 1976 when I visited Chubb and first started. So some of my earliest things yeah. went back to 1976. Now, one of my favorite things to say in the workshop I help lead with the Minnesota Bonsai Society is whenever anybody asks a question to us bonsai enthusiasts, those of us in the bonsai world would say, it depends. I asked Jack about that concept. We also dug a little deeper into the discussion of soil and then who we should be listening to when it comes to advice about bonsai. We joke about this as bonsai practitioners. We have in the club, I have with people I talk to, and I do this at the workshops. When I lead the workshops, people will ask a ton of questions and the first thing out of most of our mouths usually is, well, it depends. It depends upon the tree, it depends upon your but, soil, but, but, it depends upon you, it depends upon your yard. It depends upon all those things, but the answer is, you know, uh, and what I see that you're publishing there, yeah. you know, there's this sort of a, a, a leaning, a, a suggestion that, okay, your situation is going to be different than yours, and over there, they're a little different, so they're going to have yeah. to do something a little different, and these people over here, uh, in order to do this well, they're, yeah. they're going to have to do, to do something, something different, different well. yet. And you uh, don't I, buy that? I don't buy it at all. Don't you? I, th I think you've so, come closer to if everybody was using a, a set of best practices yeah. that, that, that it would apply through yeah. basically every climate and, sure. and circumstance. I fancied myself as, uh, as much as there is in the bonsai world. Uh, uh, a source of technical information on soil mix, sure. and I've done a lot of experimenting, and yeah. you know I've written some stuff that if you go poking around, you may, oh. may I'll be poking find and uh, and uh, one thing that I found out is that uh, people come and say, Jack, you know, and what's your soil mix? Mm. And then the next time you see them, you know, Jack, I should have written that down. You know, tell me again what your soil mix is. I lost the note, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I began thinking, you know, if I had a secret soil mix, people would be hanging on every word. Yeah. And it worked pretty well, you know. I said, yeah. okay, this is my secret mix. Uh, don't tell anybody, but but make sure you say it's Jack's secret. <laughs> <laughs> if I had absolutely the superior soil mix, the the, the equivalent of Akadama, you know which is a very unique and interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and if I, I had this, I mean, publish my insight there, mm -hmm. most people in the bonsai world wouldn't be using. There's a certain thing, the personality. Mm -hmm. You ask for my recipe for spaghetti, yeah. and before you ever try it, you fix it, you know. Mm -hmm. 
you have to put your stamp gotta, on you it. You can tweak it a little bit to you make it. You got to tweak it. You know, yeah. I, I think this would be better if it had something else in it. Yeah. yeah maybe the different proportions might sure. be better. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then while well, Joe over here is doing something different, Michael yeah. Hagedorn says you can't you do can't this. You can't do it. <laughs> you, know, you, you know, one one of the big issues to me in the whole bonsai world right now is yeah. I was lucky that I got started when I did because mm -hmm. you could read everything written in English in a few weekends, you know. Right, right. <laughs> But but it now. was but it was stuff that people had thought about, mm -hmm. you know, to get it in print. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't just mm -hmm. uh, well-intentioned conjecture. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm a firm believer that a lot of what you and I know today isn't true. Problem is, we don't know that it's just which parts it's not is. true and which part of it's not true. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's a it's a big it, to me it's a big impediment to progress in the bonsai world yeah. is that there's so much stuff out there. Mm -hmm. And then if people like you were, were spending uh, more time with uh, some ser seriously well-constructed and you know, documentable yeah. Yeah. information, a right. um, lot more people would be having success. Trees are survivors, you know, they're, pro mm -hmm. they're like you and I, they're the offspring of survivors. Yeah. You know, so, mm -hmm. uh, and if it's been healthy, you know, it's going to get healthy and healthier if you treat yeah. it right. Right. And if it's weak, why then, you know, there's that cycle. It's going to get weaker and weaker. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. change much. But. I heard someone say once, you know, listen to everything everybody has to say about bonsai. And then the, the next phrase was, don't listen to anything anybody's saying about bonsai. And so well, how do you, well, how do you parse well, that no, out? No, what, what I say is, listen to everything. Try to understand what they're saying. What they're saying. And, and then watch your trees and see if your observations support that. The claim or whatever, yeah, the method yeah, or whatever yeah, you're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look yeah. for evidence. Of yeah, that. and your Living, tree will grow, tell you. Growing evidence. Yeah. Yeah, your tree's gonna tell so you. So, I, you know, it's not gonna happen for a variety of reasons, but yeah. I think it will eventually. Sure. That there will be some serious scientific, yeah. with controlled experiments and replication of treatments. Uh huh. You know, uh, yeah. uh, research done on stuff related to growing bonsai. Mm -hmm. In most of my episodes of Up North Bonsai, I ask about how the bonsai enthusiast works or takes care of their trees in the four solstices. But wait a minute, Jack was kind but quick to correct my line of thinking on how I said this in the past. And then we talked a little bit about the summer and fall care of bonsai. If you don't mind, can we touch a little bit about seasons then? So we touched about inside a little bit and your journey there a little bit, but uh, so we have these bonsai. Go ahead. Uh, you were using in some of your stuff talking about solstices. Yeah. And uh, I kind of asking myself, so I really bring this up or not? Bring it I, up. I, I think solstice is a word that's defined a little different mm -hmm. than than you've been. I believe you've been understanding it as a word for spring se seasonal season, changes. For, the, for, for the season. But, the winter uh, solstice. I, I, I the summer. A, I was a. a for a while, a biology and yeah. science teacher, and yeah. so, so this comes from that, you know. Sure. But uh, solstice is something very specific. Yeah. It's the time when the day and the night are are the shortest or the longest. Uh, no, those are the uh, uh, yeah shortest and longest. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Just the solstices, and then the the ones where they're equal are the equinoxes. Okay. And, and so. Uh, so when you talk about a summer solstice, it, it, how can it, I? It, it, it's that time when you're changing from longer to shorter the, the, day or, the, or vice versa. Yeah. Gradually. We're, we're right, right. But that's, gradual, but, but that's, but, that's but, but the, the clock starts there. But the solstice is that point. That point of the longest time on, on where the, the change is going to start. Yeah. Change yeah. is going to start to go down or on the other side it's going to start go, to go, go up. the other way. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I, that's, so that's a little different usage. Than yeah, you, for than, sure. Than, no, thanks for that. Absolutely. Yeah. We can refer to it as seasonal. Yeah, no, I think Pe I, I think you should. Yeah, <laughs> Se no, no, seasonally. You, that. you could. You could. <laughs> no, you meant it the way you said it first. We do this all the time. <laughs> uh, somebody says, uh, what should I do? Well, you know, you can do whatever you, you want, want to, to do. <laughs> but you could do you this. You could, you could. It's a little that, softer that, that, way that to say it, but you didn't have to but, go but, soft but, on but me. It's a re reality. What do people need to know to take care of summer trees in the upper Midwest? You're in the Michigan area, so what do you? What really makes trees thrive here in the summer? What do you have to do to take care of them? What are the basics? I mean, all your experience, what does it come down to? 
you know, it's, it's water and <laughs> soil mix, a good soil mix. Water and soil mix. So tell us about watering. And, and, I and, care I'm over watering all my cut, trees. Cutting off. Uh, well, it, it's it, that's easy to do. I think these trees are being overwatered here. Okay. You know, I'm not doing it because yeah. you know I'm not here every day. Right, right. I'm here once a week, and uh, and people that are doing it, responsible for it, you know, it's been really hot, really dry. They get it so dry. I'm sure we have to water them twice a day, and so they do. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a few out there that I'm trying to, uh, you know, we're going to be better off if we wait on if, if we. If we wait, mm -hmm. that idea of uh, of a, a cycle where you sure. water them really well and let the surface begin to get yeah. noticeably yeah. dry, right, and then water really well again. And so, as soon as you water, and most well, some of the things like some of the mixes that Boone and Michael and so on are uh, been pretty successful with, they don't have any uh, soil and so on. You know, they're very porous. They there, there's a lot of space in the soil, yeah. and once you do that, then you can water them all the time water if you the time, want. Yeah. Yeah. They're draining it, so fast. It, 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 it's, it's not a problem. Sure. But, uh, and maybe at the extreme end, maybe you do need to do them twice a day. Mm -hmm. But if you have uh, a mix that's uh, too, uh, maybe on the edge of being too water retentive, as soon as you water them, it's too wet for the roots to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And then as they dry, there's a cycle where Okay, we've got air and water in the soil, both present at the same time. Mm -hmm. Oxygen yeah. diffuses, are you ready? 10,000 times faster through air than through water. 10,000 10, times, times faster. Faster. So that diffuses uh, growth. Well, what are you saying? I, I say oxygen moves through the air to yeah. where it's yeah. oh, okay. in less quantity, you know. So, okay. so to keep oxygen available to the roots. Yes. roots the tree doesn't have the circulatory system that we have. Right. So most roots, for, except for some things that are water lilies and, and uh, bald cypress and so on, okay. are really adapted to that. They have systems for sending air down from, letting air get down from up above through okay. the tree system. Sure. But most, most roots have to have the oxygen that's necessary to maintain life taken up right close to them. Yeah, and so you need they need water, but they need they, a, a supply of oxygen. They need available. the oxygen. Yeah. yeah, the balance of that water and oxygen is crucial. Almost every every time you water, run enough water through that uh, soil mass, so that you're leaching out stuff that the plant can't use. Sure. You know, keeping uh, salts, minerals that the plant can't use. Can't use and flushing uh, those out. That you're routinely flushing it out. Yeah, of this varieties you have here at, at Hidden Lake, what what do you any work on the summer? They ju you're just watering them and letting them do their thing. Well, at this level, and these are all refined trees, mostly refined. Okay, trees. now let, let's think about this. Yeah, what's probably happening in addition to what you're talking about? Well, the heat. Yeah, they they, they all some of them get stressed a little bit yeah. at times, but they see they looks like they're doing pretty well. They look pretty darn healthy. And, and many of them keep going pretty much. Not all, you know. Some as soon as the days start getting shorter, you know, this, back the, to the seasonal the, change. Yeah, yeah, the solstice, there, <laughs> solstice. That uh, uh, they, many of them will pretty much stop pushing out new shoots right. and, and focus on storing reserves for next year. For next year, now some some of the elms are going to grow and the mulberries and so on until yeah. the, the the frost kills the leaves. You know, they're continually pushing out, now but many of them are done. But but anyway, so. Early summer, until you know about right now, pretty much every time we're out here, we're shortening new shoots. Yeah. You know, I tell people it's kind of a joke, but I'm serious. You know, if you cut off everything you don't like, you have to like what's left. Yeah. And if you don't have anything left, go get another tree, and follow my recipe. And that's pretty much you're going to be successful. Yeah. <laughs> Guaranteed. That's great. Not, not just take care of them. You know. Yeah. Do 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 what do do what needs to be done, and then there's the thing where you're trying to improve the styling. Okay, really take a hard look, you know, and especially early in the spring when you can see the structure of deciduous things. Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, late late summer, just before the uh, the solstice. Yeah. That. Uh, 
I go through the, the Japanese maples particularly, and if it's not on display, you know, take off every leaf, yeah. and then you can see. Sure. And then the next crop of leaves is going to be smaller, of course. Right. But how you, often you, you can see? How often do you defoliate? Do you do that once a year with those trees, with those yeah. Japanese maples? Some of them. Yeah. 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 I, and uh, I know in Japan they do more than that, especially with the tridents. Tridents more so. Yeah. But, but I've I, heard that. Yeah. But I don't. Uh, some people. So we have a couple members that love and and do that with a lot of trees defoliation, and some that just not every year and not as often as some people are doing. So, but. And they're all in the same club. Yep. Same territory. Yep. Okay, and now it's all sort of working, you know. Um, one incident yeah. that's related to this that I think would be of interest. You know, there's a, a native red maple. Yeah. Acerubrum. Okay. You know, it's going up in where you are and all the way down. Sure, into just a field, common field maple, red uh, maple. The, the one that's called red maple. Red maple, Acerubrum. Yeah typically has pretty nice red fall color. Yeah. But it's a native here. Uh-huh. You know, the things that are off schedule typically are the non-natives, you know. Yeah. And they're doing all kinds of things that wouldn't be wise in this climate. Right. But we protect them. We protect them. A, a little bit. But anyway, so I found this uh, growing in a place where, for some reason, this thing had a trunk maybe this big and it was about this tall. Okay, I'll take that home with me, you know. <laughs> And then, okay, you know, the leaves are kind of big, and I know, you you know, Japanese defoliate maples all the time. You know, I just, just cut all them off. the leaves off. Sure. This is, you know, beyond, it might have been the second week in July. I don't think it was okay. farther than that. About this time of year. About this time of year, you're a little beyond that. Click there. It's not growing. <laughs> I killed it. No, I didn't kill it. I can scrape the bark here, and the, the cambium is still green. There. green. You know, the buds are healthy. Yeah, but and it's not growing. Is this going to change? It didn't. And well, should I pitch it? Well, maybe it'll grow again next year. Yeah. And it did. And it, it recovered. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, waiting for it, the triggers. You know. Yeah. So, so there, there's a thing that when you ask about, okay, what could defoliating and how late you go, yeah. it's species dependent, you know, you mm. find out. Depends. We say the word well, depends, right? Well, yeah, but species. Species, depends. yeah. What kind of tree is it? Yeah. What happens in the fall with these trees? Do you wire mostly in the fall? Do you wire at all? Do you, are you a wire we, person? We, we, we do some. Okay. If, if we, and if we don't have a sense of a need, we don't. You know, okay. So it's not, a, not everything. Yeah. But, uh, my personal thing, you know, that I guess that would be kind of fit in with what you're asking about, is that, you know, wiring is clearly a stress yeah, on the tree. For sure. So it requires energy reserves for the tree to deal with that, mm-hmm. you know. And so you're uh, weakening it mm-hmm. going into the winter, which is a stress in itself. Yeah. And so uh, my sense is, you're going to wire things mother than just uh, pull down a branch or two, or especially if you do any invi- uh, kind of comprehensive wiring. Yeah. Do it in the spring. Do it in the spring. Know? Yeah. No, so that, that is yeah. kind of... That's the, a good point, because well, it is it, stressful it, it, on the but, tree. But that's what we do. Yeah. 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 And any time that I tell you anything here, it's, okay, I'm talking about my experience and my perceptions. And, right. And clearly... <laughs> Not everybody's not, doing the same thing. Not everybody's thing. doing the same thing, and that's why... But, but at the same time, we've had some success with what we're doing. Sure. Well, absolutely. You've had a ton of success. And you've been caring for most of these trees for how many years? You've been curator here for how long? Well, I, I, when I first was... When this conservatory building was brand new, yeah. 1968, uh, they began getting requests. Oh, people want tours and so on, where they... They hadn't had that before. Okay. The visitor center with the classroom and auditorium had only been there a couple of years. So, yeah. So there's this uh, uh, surge, if you will, of interest in having somebody to talk with people when they came yeah. out here. And, For sure. And the guy in charge and, and his kind of ground superintendent, you know, they, and so the powers that be at the university said, okay, we need to have an education specialist down there. So I was fortunate enough to be hired as the first education specialist. That's fantastic. In 1968. 68. 
Yeah. That's when I was born? <clears throat> yeah, well, you're younger than I am. Just a little bit. <laughs> Only a couple years. Only a couple years, Jack. In 1968. And so uh, I had these trees in Kent, you know, that I've been working with. Yeah. And, and I'm coming up, and uh, actually this is my home area. I was raised over here mostly in the adjacent county, Hillsdale County. Okay. And, and uh, my parents were there. My wife's uh, mother was there in that area. And so this was kind of a chance to come back to the home area, and, and I uh, got a couple of degrees from Michigan State. You know, yeah. so. When I first uh, came here, I had these trees uh, that were back in Kent, you know, and, and I'm here, and so I, and we had new service greenhouse here, as I asked people, and which was, you know, all brand new, so mostly yeah. pretty open. How would you feel if I just kept my bonsai work here yeah. until we found a place to buy and a place to have the trees. Yeah. When they uh, saw what I had, it was almost same day, you know, he said, how would you feel about having a few of these on display? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, I didn't think about that very long. Right, yeah. You know, I could do that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and so the first bonsai here, for quite a few years, were just my trees that yeah. we were displaying here. Yeah. It was in the late 1980s that uh, one of my uh, bonsai collaborators, bonsai buddies, uh, uh, passed away liver. She was never a drinker, but she had liver oh. disease. Okay. And, uh, her family uh, asked if would uh, Hidden Lake Gardens accept Elsie's trees to have their own sure. collection. Oh. And if we, if you do, you can, you can have her stock also yeah uh, and uh, we'll invite memorial donations to help support the collection sure and the family will give some money yeah so that transition then was kind of the, the nest egg for what's grown from yeah. from here so Very i nice. took my trees home yeah and then, and then uh, more started building and, in this collection and, and, and more stuff started coming yeah. in and at one point uh, uh, i bought a collection because a guy that his life changed, and he had to, felt he had to get rid of his bonsai, and uh, Jack would just buy everything. And so, well, you know, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and so he came up with a price, and, yes. and he was happy, and I, I paid him, and I got him home, and I really, I didn't pay him enough. Nah. <laughs> you know? And so eventually I, I wrote him another check. Really? I, I did, <laughs> And yeah. so I so I had his collection and my collection. Yeah. And so I gave you'll see some trees out here that have my name on them as donor, but I gave those trees that he had done oh, okay. to to the gardens here okay. to help support this support collection. Support the cause, yeah. Support yeah, the collection. Yeah, yeah. When I turned eighty, you know, I've got significant investment in this you know, I had a pretty decent bonsai collection at yeah. home. Yeah. Including this tree. Yeah. And, uh, Several others that you can see out there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't know how my health's going to hold up. It's kind of the story I'm telling now. Ten years later. Ten years later. Yeah. Ten years later. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I start so, selling so, some so, of these. So I start selling some of these. And, yeah. And so I had some three people. One was a proprietor of the flower market down here, and uh, Cyril Groom was one of them, and, and another guy. I don't know if you've ever heard of Dustin Mann. He's down in oh, Florida now. I don't think so. He, he was a, a, a tropical indoor okay. guy. Yeah. Anyway, had him come as a team and appraise my trees. Okay. And come up with some numbers, you know, what they yeah. thought would be reasonable selling price. Sure. And I, okay, uh, if I this is the way I, my thinking, I I could have done a lot better, but I didn't realize that. You know. Yeah. I said if I got sixty percent of the appraised value, this would be way more than I could just yeah. get for these. Just get for the just, trees just on your selling own. Them or getting it for them. Yeah. Or, yeah. My own, so we, we set up a, a sale, yeah. and uh, my idea was there are going to be some things that aren't sell, so, sold, yeah. so I'll just give them to uh, Hidden Lake Gardens yeah. and Mathai Botanical Garden that I recommended to you. Yeah, they, right. They've got the real collection, actually. Yeah. And then it very quickly became apparent after I said I'd be willing to do that. Yeah. that they didn't want to wait for the leftovers. <laughs> and it hadn't really occurred to me that that might be true. Sure, sure. And so, uh, okay, these things could be hanging around for... So I invited representatives for the three different entities yeah. to come one day and, uh, 
and they rotated, took turns. Hidden Lake Gardens got first choice, and, and then uh, Mathai and, and, and Meyer. And, and, Meyer. And, and, and basically anything that is still available that you want at 60% of the appraised value, you can, you can. Th- th- I, I, I'll sell it to you. <laughs> uh, and so they just yeah. kept, kept going until, yep, rotated uh, around. Uh, until they were satisfied. I, I, sure. I, th- I think they bought the, between the three of them, 25 or so, okay. of, of the higher yeah. value stuff. Two seasons down, and now we move to winter and spring, including the discussion of a cellar-type cold frame, which since the recording of this podcast has come to fruition, Hidden Lakes Gardens has used some of the legacy dollars to install this system. I look forward to visiting that new system the next time I visit Hidden Lake Gardens. So what happens in the winter with this group of trees? Uh, How do we care for them here? Well, what what we really want to do is build a, like the old-fashioned fruit cellar, a bunker, okay. you know, where we can put them inside for the winter. And, yeah. and I know that controversy is going, yeah, they need light in the winter. Hell no. Well, there, <laughs> you know, more people are putting lights in their cold frames, Jack. Why do you well, say no? Why are they, I have a return question, why are they doing that for? My only thought is, right, so if I you have tell, a, I, I got to tell you a story. You go ahead, go when, ahead. When one of my first bonsai societies, you know, I'm down in Kent, Ohio, uh-huh. I found there was a Cleveland Bonsai Club. Okay. Oldest bonsai society east of the Rockies. Okay. You know, I said, oh boy, I got to be part of that. You know, it took me a better part of an hour to drive, more than that, to drive up there. And, and then I had to come home. But so I joined the Cleveland Bonsai Club and, you know, I started hanging on every, every word there. Yeah. There was this one guy that seemed to be very heavily in, involved and, uh, you know, approachable, you know. And so I invited myself to visit his house, <laughs> see what he was doing. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway, we're, I looked around. And, okay, same question. What do you do with these uh, in the winter? You know, yeah. I knew that would be an issue. Yeah. And he said, well, he said, I winter them in my attic. And I said, you winter them in your attic? And then my next question, stupid, it's got to be dark up there, right? <laughs> he said, oh, yeah, it's dark. Yeah. And, and there's these pines and junipers and you winter. Oh, oh yeah, they don't need light in the winter when they're dormant. That and, and, seems and, to and, sound and, okay. And then on the way home, you know, I'm trying to come to grips with this. I'm thinking, well, suppose your little white pine up in the UP, mm-hmm. you know, or Minneapolis, yeah. under 12 feet of snow or whatever it is, yeah. you know, and you're a baby. How much light does that thing get? None. And so it made it through the winter. It makes the sense that it has to be programmed to tolerate being to be in completely in the dark for an extended period of time. When when it's dormant. Right. When it's dormant, yeah. Because and, when they're and, and when they're bigger trees they're getting sun in the winter. But yeah, when they're a smaller but tree and they're under the, but it's only the top is getting only the top of the tree. You know. Since then I I've known a number of people. Yeah. You know, that have wintered things, and Elsie was one of them. She, husband, dug kind of a bunker, you know, yeah, just and put it in there, and it, it was a hole in the door about this big square, you know, with a screen over it, kind of a little ventilation, mm-hmm. uh, completely into the dark. And said, so, well, there's a lot of mold and stuff. Oh, yeah, but, you know, it's just there, you know. Rinse it off. <laughs> it just mold will clear it off when we're done yeah, in yeah, spring. Yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That, that works pretty well. Huh. And as of this, Day, you know, she's still successful. One of my good bonsai friends uh, had in her basement a room built. So basically, it's insulating a cold room in her basement with a a vent thing where she could let in cold air. Okay, sure. You know, and then it keeps them there all winter. Keeps them there all winter with no supplemental light. And they're just fine. Well, they're certainly survivors. Yeah. I, I've come to realize increasingly here as I mature that uh, you, I, were all, all programmed for self-deception. Yeah. And uh, we're really open to that concept that that's what I want it to be like. You know? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. We get kind of you, fixed you, on you, that, you, don't you, we? Yeah. You could get a whole yeah. into religious discussion and all oh, that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right? We get pretty fixed on stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah so. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, well, yeah, spring yeah. is always the busiest season then, so is oh, it busy oh, here it, too? Oh, it's absolutely furious, you know. We, we're repotting most of these things on a three-year cycle. Three years, huh? But there are a few that we're repotting uh, every year. Even at this this part of its developmental stage being they, closer they, they, to refinement? They, they, because they're aggressive root growers. Yeah, you know? right. And you just get some massive stuff. Uh, yeah. And so we give them some more rooting room. You yeah, know, and, room to grow, and, room to uh, let them push. Fresh, fresh uh, start. So uh, uh, there are a few that we repot every year. You know, we got a list. Yeah. And a few that we do every other year. Yeah. And most of them, uh, if we haven't otherwise, it's mm -hmm. the it's three, mo three mo years. most is a three-year cycle. Every three years, yeah. And especially when we get behind, like we are right now, some will mm -hmm. go four. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, things we think will take them, maybe, maybe have, five. Have you discovered... Which one, I mean, again, it depends on tree variety, but when is it too early to repot and when is it too late to repot? It's too early when the ground's frozen. It's still too early. When the ground's frozen. <laughs> when it's frozen, don't repot. And, and, and there are a lot of obvious reasons for yeah. that. And if the ground is thawed it, it, in this climate, yeah. they're ready to go. They're ready to go, yeah. You know, as soon as the soil warms up enough. Yeah. Some, some one reason for having a bunker yeah. versus we got a couple of pits and then we build a like a big sandbox here where we yeah. fill with wet peat and plunge the big the pots in there. Yeah, sure. And then we've got an enclosure and okay. we've got some heating, ca heating cables under it, which... Okay. Anyway, but if we had this kind of facility that we're imagining and, yeah. and fundraising for, uh, we could just go in late February, grab them and do early spring work. Right. And put them back. And put them back in there. And right, so right. The, the key thing is you're going to do winter work, they, in my mind, they shouldn't freeze after. Right. Up to then, it's okay. It's okay, but, they, but after then, then, if you've touched them and started working on them, we don't want them freezing again. So, so you're already stressing them. Yeah, absolutely. And you want them to be able to yeah. deal with that. With it. We joke a lot about the bones I shuffle in this craft of bringing trees in and out and in and out. I want your philosophy about, you just said, okay, the ground is thawed, bring them outside, but there's going to be cold spells in Minnesota and other parts no, of the no, region, no, but no, what do you no, do? No. When it's going to get cold, you really pay attention, and it's going to get cold overnight. Now we're talking about not freezing. Freezing, that's okay. Yeah. But you're talking about temperatures down toward 20, Yeah. below 15, or especially below 20, Yeah. then uh, okay. The yeah. top would take it typically sure but the roots won't. roots are going to suffer Ro roots are going to suffer mm -hmm. if it's small enough that you can pick it up with one hand make sure you put it in indoors somewhere mm -hmm. you know not indoors where it's heated right but in the garage or right. shed or something in that in that cold frame shed garagey type yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and you don't have to bury it back in the soil just yeah and uh, if it's bigger than that you know at, at least if you can handle it with two hands just set it on the soil because the soil is going to be warmer, warmer than the than air, the air. Mm -hmm. even when everything's as cold yeah. as. So you're getting some radiated heat from there. If you can't lift it, then maybe it'll be okay up on the bench. On the bench, yeah. That's more likely to. We lost a few that way. Sure. So in spring, you've taken some trees out, and you're saying it's freezing. It's not going to be that big of a deal. Yeah, freezing overnight. Yeah, uh, 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 once or twice. It's, it, it, you know, or, 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 or multiple times. Yeah. Okay. But, but the temperatures are getting down uh, toward 20. Then we have to. Yeah. Below fi let's say below 15. If you have to make that pick, decision. Pick, pick, a pick a number 15. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just how cold it gets; it's how long they're cold. You know? Yeah. And right. then how many of these fluctuations between you know. The less fluctuation you have, my sense is, the easier it is for the tree. Yeah. Always seems easier on the tree. Yeah, yeah. Don't want those big spikes. Yeah. As, as regulated as possible, and we're going to have more success. Yeah, yeah. No. Moderated. Controlled environment. There you go. We wrap up our conversation with more tips for those new to bonsai, including why clubs are good for the bonsai enthusiast. You've got those young people now interested in bonsai. What will Jack say? What, what, give me the nuts and bolts of what they should know if they really want to get into this hobby. Most of the people growing bonsai today yeah. are people whose first tree died. And they're done. A and no, the ones growing bonsai today, they're free, and they came back and tried it again. See, 
most of the people growing bonsai today, I see. the first tree died. The first tree died. And they, and they stuck with it. And they stuck with that, it. That's, that, the that's, that's the point. Yeah. And so don't, don't just read, yeah. you know, and don't just experiment. Read and experiment. You're going to make, and join a bonsai society. Yeah. You're going to make a lot more progress yeah. uh, with all of the conflicting advice. Sure. What's the best perk of a club? The, 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 well, shared enthusiasm, yeah. you know. That, that's the best part. The camaraderie is pretty strong. Yeah, well, yeah, and you, you soon realize, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then there'll be some, you know, wow, I could never do that. But either way, you're going to do a lot more than if you haven't seen that. Right, yeah. Don't limit, don't limit yourself to one tree. You know. yeah. That's a, that's that's a, a good big, one. biggie. Yeah, more than one tree. Yeah, bonsai styling, you know, it's not like you're trying to follow some recipe. Yeah. Uh, recipes help, you know, yeah. but, uh, but, that's the, but, that's, but, but, kind of, you're, you're, eventually it's your statement. Yeah, but it's just very sub uh, subjective. Uh, yeah, understand that it's not like you're going to go do one you want. You've seen it on page 62, you know, in your book. And, and you, you, it's, what can I do with what I have? Right. Make the most of do what you can with what you got where you are. Yep, yep, it, 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 exactly. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Be patient, but you know, but don't be so patient you don't get anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> be patient, but not too patient. I have to joke Try about that. Uh, Tim Tim Cox, we just looked at one of his trees, and uh, he said he waited three months to make the decision to chop one of his trees. He waited three months. Is that too patient, or is that a perfect amount of patience? <laughs> Depends upon the tree. It depends on the guy. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and it depends on what it was he decision he was trying to make. Exactly. You know, I, I think this is important. Yeah. You know, to for you know, people getting started, okay, there's this sense, okay, I want it to grow. If I cut it, it's going to grow more. If I cut it, it's going to grow more. Uh -huh. You know, you can't cut a tree healthy. Um, you can't cut a tree to be healthy. You, pruning, with few, if any, exceptions, weakens trees and slows growth. Mm -hmm. Now, what I'm saying is, sure, you cut it, and it tries to recover. Mm -hmm. So it's going to produce new stuff. But if you were being very scientific, and they've done this in the orcharding business, you know, and yeah. so I'm, quite, I'm quoting them, you know, yeah. as support for this, sure. that uh, what grows back will never be what you would have had if you didn't cut anything. Uh-huh. You see, because you're just stripping off solar panels, yep. uh, reducing the photosynthetic yep. capacity. Yeah, you're well. You're stressing the tree out, regardless. Well, well, you're, you're, your trees are in the energy business. You know, mm -hmm. be aware of that cycle. Yeah, Should I go there really. Yeah, deeply. Yeah, that tree, that book. Yeah. Well, wonderful. So I can't wait to look at more of that stuff. So what else? Be, be, before uh, protect your tree and. Speed your prog progress. Uh, get it healthy. Yeah. Maximize you, the reserves. Get you, the fuel tank full, the battery you, you, charged. You need a healthy tree, a full and, tree, and, and, yeah, that's and right, a charged up tree, and then you can do the work. Yeah. There are many times when almost anything you do will be far better than not doing anything. Yeah. That, that's my advice. My thanks to Jack Weichel. I had so much fun talking with Jack. I was so mesmerized by Jack and excited you could actually see me getting closer and closer to him, kind of invading his personal space. He was such a gentleman and shared such great insights to his world of bonsai to which I'll be eternally grateful for. If you'd like to see this interview in video form, check out my YouTube channel, Dave's Bonsai, for all the footage that includes some pictures of the trees that were out when I visited Jack. Thanks Jack. A million thanks goes out to you. That does it for this edition of Up North Bonsai. Until I travel again, take care of you, take care of your bonsai, and I'll connect again soon when I head up north and talk bonsai. <laughs>